We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you. What is it? It is now April 25th. Uh, it is Tuesday morning. I'm joined. We're back at the Spring Hill Suites in Denver. My last pod after game two was also from the luxury. You've now joined me, Chris, at the, the Spring Hill Suites directly across. This is like an ad for, for Spring Hill Marriott. You you should actually give a Marriott ad. You stay at Marriott I should. every time. I, I swear by them. I actually have the room right above Dane. I just realized that now. <laughs> so I think tonight I'm just going to be stomping around and playing loud music all night. And oh, are you like implying that we're going to go to bed tonight? <laughs> hey, listen, I might, I might switch my flight to a later flight. We'll see what happens. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, listeners, Dane, not built for the road, not Stop not it. built for the road. Uh, <laughs> if he had to do a four game road trip, uh, I don't know that he would make it. I, I texted him last night to come watch Grizzlies Lakers. I texted him and John. John came down to watch it in the in the hotel restaurant. Dane mm. out like a light. I was out before halftime. Yeah, that's that is true. <laughs> I did watch the Jimmy game though. Maybe maybe if we got some time at the end, did you did you see that game? I did. Yeah, yeah that did. dude Jimmy. That's that is not what Timberwolves fans <laughs> want to talk about right now. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get into this uh, game five. I think the biggest shift adjustment is a kind of forced one. The Wolves are going to need to make, uh, not necessarily to the starting lineup, but Kyle Anderson is out um, in this game after getting poked in the eye i actually do you know any other super specifics of, of about the injury outside of that he just went to an eye specialist yeah, that's, after that's game four it. i think i know what you know and yeah surprise not, not surprise but i mean you never know severity of injuries and mm-hmm. you don't want you don't want to make anything worse like that especially if it's vulnerable to yeah just getting worse if you're out there and an elbow gets you or another fingernail gets you or whatever so it's unfortunate because because <laughs> they're thin, man. They're so thin. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so we assume we assume the same starting lineup, right? I mean, I think Nikhil Alexander Walker has kind yeah. of cemented himself in that in that fifth spot. Uh, Prince is your 
25 minute guy off the bench at least right i mean has to be because he's gonna have to fill up those at least yeah right those kind of kyle minutes mm-hmm. and then i mean this is largely just going off of game four i would guess austin rivers gets the austin next rivers is gonna get most probably heavy minutes or pressing if you get minutes tonight i would i would assume i um, so so i was thinking back to um that you know i guess it's kind of the end of 2022 that sort of window where tp missed like those 25 games with the shoulder yep kyle was kind of he got like sick twice he had the back spasms and what finch's move at that time of the season was when they needed like an additional you know an additional forward was they went three guards right and so i probably would say it would be austin rivers even if austin rivers didn't play last game and play and you know austin played decent uh in in that game so i think I think that leads us to believe Austin is the quote unquote seventh man and probably for me leads me to believe the eighth man is also a guard. And obviously I think a lot of fans is, <laughs> I mean, I, I bought this too. Like I, I think it should be Josh Minot, but I think if we're talking about what we would guess based on Finch's pattern, right. Mm-hmm. It would be Jalen Noel right. and or Jordan McLaughlin kind of to, to fill in. That. I think what's going to happen is both of those guys are going to get some run. If one of them has it, quote unquote, they're going to get more run. If they don't have it, then I don't know what, what Finch does at this point. I don't see why either Wendell Moore or Josh Minot shouldn't get mm-hmm. a look, at least a look. You know what I wish we would have done? Scenario, but I, I don't know that it's going to happen. At, at this point, why, you know. Why not my not? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was trying to avoid saying that, but I was walking right into it. So thank you for Ugh. finishing it off. But seriously, like they're so thin at this point. Well, what and, do you have to lose? And Denver goes pretty big down to the three, right? right. Like Porter Jr. is like 6'10". Um, we're going to go to. We'll shoot around practice day of like day of game here. It's it's game five tonight, and you know I'm I'm sure one of us or someone will ask about who is going to play and fill in those minutes and all. And we don't get to talk to Fitch shoot around. Oh yeah, we don't get to talk to Fitch. <laughs> That's true. Pre-game. We'll Pre-game talk- we will. Pre-game we will. So did you just because you're you've asked a lot more questions to Finch than than I have or any of us have this year being on the road all year. Do you remember like asking him at all about Wendell Moore and Josh Minot throughout the year of like, you know what I mean? Like why, Never. what is the reason? I mean, I know they, they played at times. It's not like we haven't asked about Wendell Moore and he said good things about the both of them. But I mean, it's just a legitimate question I have and have had kind of all series is why are they not even options? Yeah. At, at, at this point of the year? And, and, you know, and sometimes there's rational defenses to that. Like, they're a rookie. They don't have the idea of concept, you know, wrapped up or we don't, wouldn't, wouldn't trust them in, in that sort of time. And, you know, we, we still believe in them, you know, big picture, but they're kind of like, quote unquote, redshirting th- this year. Like, do you have any indication as to why they, they haven't played at all this year, let alone generally, generally, tonight? Generally when rookies, you know, aren't playing for a significant length of time, I, I, I just never have really asked about them. Um, it's kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. You know, why is this guy stashed on the bench? Um, and also just given the expectations of where they were coming into the season, it's like, yeah, these guys are going to play in the G League. Probably not going to see much time coming off the bench. I mean, you always you always hear it, you know, the the standard 
answer will is probably going to be something along the lines of like, well, the rookies and it's defense in the NBA and knowing the coverages, knowing the game plan, all that stuff can be difficult right. and not always easy to adhere to, even with the best of intentions. So that would be my guess is just for defensive purposes. It's and, funny and for those def- two team defensive purposes, but, but doesn't it but also, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, yeah, it's been kind of bizarre. Like, I've, obviously we think back to that one Wendell Moore game where he did start and guard John Morant. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that November, December, yeah. something like that? Um, it, It's funny between Wendell Moore and Josh Minot, like what my gut says is like Wendell Moore would be, type of player who would really understand right. team concept like you know three years at duke he's a more polished player he's older than josh minot is and so part of me would be like that's the reason that maybe he would or should get in over josh minot and then kind of you go to the opposite side of the spectrum with minot where you go well you know he's 19 he's obviously clearly from even just the footage we've seen from the g league yeah. he looks so much more raw and you would you know associate that maybe with not understanding team concept and that sort of thing. But what he has that Wendell doesn't is like real NBA size. Mm-hmm. And even in that one in gar- garbage time in was that game one when he was guarding Michael Porter Jr. Like he did a, you know, he did a good job just simply based on the size that, that he has that, I mean, it's kind of like he definitely weighs less than Michael Porter Jr., but they're probably like the same height, same yeah. length, whatever. Um, it's just interesting that I should say it will be interesting if Josh Minot plays tonight after like literally only playing garbage time the the entirety uh, of the season. So I don't know. I was kind of like working through this on the plane in my head and I'm like, I think a lot of people are almost going to expect that one of them play. Mm-hmm. But the pattern throughout the season has been when in doubt or when needing to play another guy, play guards yeah. and J-Mac, Jalen Noel even Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers, those type of guys. So that's kind of what I'm anticipating in this in this one. Do we see Nathan Knight get some minutes somewhere in there? I, I think I he would be. I think that's possible. I think he's probably higher than Minot or more. Again, going off of the season, mm-hmm. Nate has actually played a lot of minutes. Not a lot, but he's played more non-garbage time minutes than, than those other guys have. He also played in two of those Denver games, like real minutes. Like I remember going through looking at like Jokic clips against the Wolves. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of Luka Garza and Nate Knight guarding Mm -hmm. Nikola Jokic in those games. So I don't know if he'd be a Jokic matchup for anything other than like hit him a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I would also, if we were ranking our estimated minutes, we would say Prince most, Austin Rivers second most, mm-hmm. and then kind of like a Noel, shrug J-Mac. of yeah. then night probably like yeah. that. Yeah. So that is ten. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that is ten, and what Finch has been doing is kind of giving Noel and J Mac like a shot in the first half, right? And, and then seeing if they have it. Yes. If they don't, then they sit the rest of the night. Which, I mean, probably to win this game, that they can't one of them is going to need to have it. The bench is going to need to give right. you something here because that's what we should talk about more is that Kyle, like what are they going to miss in, in Kyle's 
production. I know he's not been good the last two games, but in general, he's been one of the most productive if players. If you can't play J-Mac, you need somebody who's going to be handling the ball off the bench. Kyle gives you that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to have that with him out there, so maybe it necessitates playing J-Mac you know, come hell or high water <laughs> tonight. I kind of think uh, that too, man. Yeah I, yeah. I just think you need ball handling. Mike is like the one guy who it seems like can't go play like a whole half. Right. 40 plus minutes. He's he keeps stay in the getting 30s. subs. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's funny. The J-Mac experience over the, these past few years is like, we remember those weeks at a time where it's like, oh my God, J-Mac literally led the team in plus minus like mm-hmm. every, every game. We're like, yeah. But there have been these dips though, too, where it's, I mean, there's been more of those high weeks or extended stretches of time, but throughout his career, and I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what it is, but this isn't like the first time J-Mac has been in an, ex- in an extended slump and not been able it's, to be it's productive been so long though that's the thing i mean it's basically ever since he came back from inch from the injury i know i mean he's maybe had a couple good games here and there but overall since he came back it just it, it hasn't come together mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's it's unfortunate because you know you you think you have a backup point guard that you can depend on and is on a really good contract for you mm-hmm. um you know maybe just with the distance of the off season and, you know, let it heal more or work right. it out more. And you come back next year and maybe he's back to his old self. Um, Cause he's Cause still, it would he's be still, a win. He's still could... under team control for, mm-hmm. for next year. So I, I just, I just think the injury just hasn't been the same since the injury. I, I think the injury is the main thing. Yeah. One other thing I've like hypothesized is, that J-Mac was such a jarring change in play style, skill set, speed than D'Lo was. Yeah. And and the other the players, particularly like kind of in the second unit, seemed to like feed on that. You know, that was kind of like the Nas lineups. Maybe Nas and Ant is out there. Noel is out there with them. And the 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 mm-hmm. different style of play compared to D'Lo, I think made J-Mac kind of pop a little bit. And and now, in many ways, J-Mac is just like discount Mike, right? Like, they, they it's kind of the more of the same pace, the same stuff. Mike can shoot more. But it's almost like J-Mac's value was that he wasn't D'Lo, you know? Yeah. Over, over the past couple of years and just did different things that D'Lo kind of never did namely pace right well, I like, mean, and also just kind of look at the players that are that have been around j-mac last season and the players that are around him now especially when nas has been out recently right. you know you have a struggling jalen noel off the bench you don't have you know malik beasley shooting close to 40 percent from three-point range he did love j-mac that's yep. a good one um you know you don't have nas obviously you have you have a different kind of configuration of players around J Mac in these minutes, mm-hmm. guys who it's not there's Kyle's not really a shooter. TP is a shooter, but he's been up and down all season too. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different configuration hasn't quite meshed as well as it did a year ago. You know, 
so it's I think the volume of non-shooters is a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like and now he's out there with Rudy a lot more. That that's right, one thing. Right. That is a difference too, is he was out there with Nas mm-hmm. a lot in those they try to pair those up and now, you know, Rudy's playing so much that a lot of the time when J Max out there, you can't really like the the bench isn't deep enough to really be able to finagle it. So J Max out making sure he's out there when when Rudy isn't. But if J Max a non shooter, Rudy's obviously a non shooter and some of the other guys like TP, who is a shooter, just haven't been making them. Jalen Noel haven't. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to these lineups where it's kind of like two, three non-shooters, and then if Ant's out there, they're just loading up um, on, on Ant there too. So, I mean, just a huge thing in general in this game is if J-Mac or surrounding players who haven't been making shots could make shots. Right. Like, And I know that's really basic, but it does. If that happens in the first quarter, early second quarter, that sort of thing, I'll start feeling... Like they can compete in this. If they win this game tonight, I'll be stunned. <laughs> like just, just keeping it a hundred, as the kids say. <laughs> uh, I'll be stunned. They are down three guys who were so important to them yeah. all season. It's game five of the playoffs against the number one seed in the Western Conference on the road. If they somehow win this game tonight, I, I, I'll. I don't know what I would do, but I'm I'm rebooking. First of all, I'm rebooking my flight from 6 a.m. to whatever later <laughs> in the day is what I'm probably doing. Um, I would be stunned. Yeah, I really would. I, if it feels like you had the feel good moment of the of the series for the Wolves in Game Four, with the game that Ant had, and to a, another extent, Nikhil, and you have that to kind of be a one last moment before you go off into the sunset one shining moment yeah um that's what it that's what it feels like to me coming into tonight i just there's just so many important players that are missing right now like on this team i I, I really feel like you know we could go back and say if they had Jaden or nas would this have been a different series i i think it would have been i i think nas would have been a problem for Denver coming off the bench. Agreed. And I think Denver knew that or Denver would know that. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I just think the losses with Kyle now out it's just it's too much. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. I mean, you're you're counting on guys who have been out of the rotation or struggling for the last several it's not, weeks. It's not good when we're season. talking about Wendell Moore and Josh Bynott the not, first right. minutes it's of a podcast. It's not. <laughs> It's just not right. So it, it just, I'm sorry to be a downer on a, such a lovely Tuesday morning here, but I'm the opposite of Kyle. Basically, is what, is what, is what I, it's the energy I'm bringing to this. Uh, uh, it's it's, it's real, Kyle. Well, I, I let, let's grab a break here. I, I let's let's tap into the Kyle and let's talk about what what would have to happen mm-hmm. for 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 the Wolves to win this game. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back here with Chris. Today's show is brought to you by Land and Lore, and the people at Land and Lore wanted me to tell you that they get tired, super tired. Tired of always looking like, but life hits hard. They're dads with kids that don't sleep and with wives that are constantly mad at them for things they didn't realize they did. Plus, maybe they stayed up all night rewatching last year's playing game versus the Clippers because it's thus far the highlight of their adult lives. But what's worse than feeling like is looking like it, because when you look like everyone can see it, and no matter how much coffee or Celsius they inhale, they still walk into work looking like cave dwellers. 
That's why at Land and Lore, they created the energy drink for your face. So no matter how you feel, you don't have to look like it. What's even better, because they love the Timberwolves, is they're giving fans 20% off the brand. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Land and Lore face products and use promo code 20AntMan to get 20% off. Land and Lore, proven to help you look awake no matter how long of a bender you've been on. Today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company, and go to Falling Knife tonight to watch the game. You're not out here in Denver, right? So you're not going to go to the game. Game's not a Target Center. You got nowhere to go to watch it if you want to be around Wolves fans. So go to Falling Knife Brewing Company. Watch the game in their tap room. Two projection screens. They got the sound on. I think you might have seen some pictures floating around there. They had TV trucks out in the parking lot with the patio and watching the game all out there. It's too cold. No TV truck tonight. But the tap room will be live. They'll have the game on there. And it's dollar off Tom's Beer in the tap room because it's Tuesday. And Tom's Beer won best in show at the MN Brewers Cup last week. So, you know, we love Falling Knife um, for the Timberwolves community, but they also got great beer. So check out Falling Knife Brewing Company tonight for the Wolves Game 5 victory against Denver. Uh, Falling Knife Brewing Company, Broadway Avenue, Northeast Minneapolis. All right, back with Chris Hine, Wolves beat writer from the Star Tribune. We're out here uh, in Denver uh, Tuesday morning before Game 5. And Chris, let's talk about if we get shocked and and the Wolves do win this game. I think Denver's like nine and a half point favorites, which is which is massive. Um, nobody believes the Wolves will will win this right. game. Really, from a you know national standpoint, um, obviously it starts with Ant, right? Um, he would need to have his fourth kind of crazy game in a row. That yep. feels like a, a prerequisite to uh, to the win. And then I think part two. There's other parts as well. I think that all they need, <laughs> right? But it, is Carl to or have his Carl? Right? Yeah. Is his yeah. first real big game of this series? Which, I mean, we know the Ant thing is a possibility because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Carl, the Carl thing is a possibility as he looks like he's getting increasingly comfortable throughout the series, if not increasingly productive. But let's start with Ant. Like, what are the odds that Ant can do this again? That he can have another one of those, you know, 30-plus point games and and be extremely effective all while Denver is clearly focused on on, on trying to slow him. Do you, how does Ant do it again? Well... I don't know, but I, I think he can. I think he's, I he's yeah. made me a believer in that, in that sense that he can rise to the moment um, in these big playoff series. Um, I, I wonder if Denver changes some things up, tries a little, tries to just double him a little more and just get him off the ball and, yeah. and try to make Carl beat you or make anybody else beat you. Sure. Have, you know, can Nikhil hit open shots again? Mm-hmm. Can Torian Prince hit open shots? You know, no Kyle Anderson there to be another playmaker on the floor in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ant has just been spectacular. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote about it after game four. We all did. Um, the big silver lining in this series is Ant in the, in these playoffs. Right. You know, we talk a lot about playoffs needing to be important or being important for guys' development, even if you just have the one series. And, man, what a confidence boost going forward for him, for this franchise, Uh, the fact that he's played the way he has in this series. Yeah, I mean, it was 
it was getting, um, you know, after game three, when I was recording with Kyle, like, you know, Nant did have a good game, but it, it down 3-0, but it felt like this series was um, trending in the direction where it wasn't going to provide the one major piece of value that we thought it would provide, which is a playoff experience for the inexperienced players on this team, which I would even play off inexperienced in the playoffs right. players on this team, which includes uh, Carl Anthony Towns, in addition to, to Anthony Edwards, who just hadn't played a lot of, you know, playoff games uh, throughout their career. And it just, it wasn't feeling like we were getting that value. Right. Right. And, uh, and then that, that did, you know, come around and like the second in game three, Ant did, did his thing game four. He really, you know, he really did his thing too. And so we're starting to get that value for sure. And, and that in and of itself is, is a small win in this series. I'm like, one of the biggest curiosities I have about Ant is his up and down nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously you attribute a ton of that to youth um, being 21 years old. And it's just kind of his personality. It is to, to have as great as the high highs that come with it are like it does, at least for now in his career, there's not, he doesn't stick within one standard deviation of the mean, right? He goes up here or, or he goes down. And though, so, so to that end, your point of reference is that Ant has never had four amazing games in a row. He just right. never, he just never has. I was just like going through looking at game score on, on basketball reference, which I don't even know exactly what all goes into that, <laughs> but it's like, it, you know, it's kind yeah. of maybe like a single game, like PER or whatever. And Ant has been over 26.9 in that all three of the, the, the last three games and like as high as like mid thirties in, in some of that, which is like a crazy rare number. And, but I was like, okay, what did he ever have a stretch during the season where he did this? And and the answer is no. Like he had, he had some of those spikes of, of really good games, but they're never like back to back, let alone three in a row, let alone, let alone four in a row. I mean, only five times during the entire regular season of which was a pretty good regular season for Ant. Did he play at this 26.9 or, or higher level? Okay. So it's like, he hasn't, he hasn't done this that much. And he also hasn't done it consistently like back to back to back games yet. I don't think it's crazy that he will do it again because it's his personality. And, and, and just as much as, you know, I, I talked about a lot during the season of like, why, why of the Wolves are they 6-11 and 11 or 5-11, and 11, whatever it was against the worst teams in the league. And I go, I think actually a lot of that has to do with Ant and, and taking those games casually. And I think he needs to wear that. But at the same time, this is the opposite of that. This is literally the opposite of playing Detroit on a Tuesday, you know, like where they have a terrible record. And I believe that Ant, has this in his game to it doesn't really matter who we're playing how they're guarding me if it's the playoffs and I'm locked in my talent is there I can kind of do anything uh against anyone so to that end man yeah I I I won't be shocked if he does it again yet I don't think that will be enough I think you right. are going to need like that. You are going to need Correct. support um, around that too, and that and that leads us to Cat. Like, what is the path to Cat being that one B in this game? If we assume Ant is is able to do it again, how, how do you see that playing out? If it did play out, well, 
in my mind, I'm picturing Denver loading up more on Ant. Yeah. And it's going to create opportunities for Carl in the sense of probably going to create some open shots from three. Probably going to create maybe some secondary driving opportunities. Yep. Um, so I, I think, I think maybe, I think maybe with Carl, maybe even playing off the dribble more in that sense could be a benefit for him. Um, cause it's kind of going to be like pretty much single coverage or not like a quick yeah. double over there because if it's on the opposite side of the floor of ant, like you can't really load up on both of them. Right. You can't No. Um, and the wolves will have, you know, Conley's still out there. He'll make, he'll make you pay if you do that. Um, would help if a couple threes went down early. <laughs> early. I, I early. Think, I think like early, early is, the, yes. is, the, is the big point there. Get that confidence up. Get two threes in the first couple of minutes. Um, and all of a sudden, maybe Denver can't load up on Ant as much as they maybe anticipated they, they might. With, with Ant, I do wonder if playing the same opponent has something to do with being able to be a little more consistent. Kind of to your point before. Yeah, they don't really have a great matchup for him. Yeah, I mean, KCP's good, but not he's not stopping. Well, you're him. playing. You're playing this. You're playing. Trying to string together four straight good games, but you're doing it against the same team. You're not yeah. changing up teams and personnel in those four those four games. Maybe that's a little bit of a benefit to where Ant could mm-hmm. go off, just because maybe he just you know this matchup just favors him. Um, with Carl. It feels like the room should be there for him to thrive in this series. Yeah. This is not an, an especially stout defensive Denver team. But we saw Gordon's we saw, gave him problems. Gordon's given him problems though. And that's kind of been in line with what's happened in recent years. The you put the smaller four on him and not the five, and we see it can be a problem. Yeah, it's like I mean, a, a frustration. I've had with with Carl it not even just this series since he's gotten back like he's gotten so pushed off his spot in the block mm. like when he does go for those post ups and then it's like is it really a post up if you catch it at 18 feet like yeah. and going back and watching some of those I think and this makes sense right given the injury like I think Carl doesn't have lower body strength right now like to to his normal degree of where you can really like sit down and dig in there and, and hold your spot, particularly against a player who, like, I don't know if people can see, like, Aaron Gordon's, like, a unit. Like, he is, he I mean, he's not seven feet like Carl, but he's he is strong and solid, and he, he kind of knows this, and he is fighting to push Carl off the spot, and I think that's been a big part of the reason why Carl's gotten stuck, and it, you know, leads to some of those, like, all right, I pick up my dribble at 18 feet, and then there's been those, you know, trying to kick it back out to Ant at the top, and mm-hmm. Bruce Brown steals, and it goes down for a dunk, and you know, Carl's waving his arms, and maybe Ant should have came up <laughs> right. to got it. Like, it's been a lot of those, and I wonder, to tie it back to Ant, like, Aaron Gordon is their best defender mm-hmm. at kind of any, whoever the player is, right? And they've chosen to put him on Carl throughout the series, and it's worked. But if Ant goes like Jimmy Butler in the first quarter, I I think Denver would switch Gordon on to Ant mm-hmm. to because they'd be like, well, this is the thing we need to stop. And if they do that, I think like Jeff Green when like when Jeff Green was out, like Carl can score on Jeff Green 
it's it's also the you know the sort of smaller guy that gives him some trouble. But like if it's Jeff Green or even if it's Jokic or whoever you know DeAndre, whoever is is playing in this, if it's not Aaron Gordon guarding Carl, I think Carl can do his post work down there and give you you know three four of those jump hooks, get some of that drive going with a little bit more force. And I wonder if Ant goes so super sane in in the first quarter first half that Malone doesn't make that adjustment and then if you're Finch and if you're Cat you're like okay they got go. they got go- you got to go now you got to go now mm-hmm. um so I, I i say that to mean like i could see a world where ant gets his like 36 mm-hmm. and and they adjust to ant and carl in turn gets like 29 mm-hmm. and and i think that is the start of the path for, right. for the Wolves to win this game because we know, you know, Denver doesn't Denver doesn't really have like bad, bad games. They're they're, they're kind of we talk about Ant going all the way up and down. Like mm-hmm. Jokic seems to keep like the lows from going too low with the that team. Or there. Yeah, that yeah. that's 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 the way to put it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I believe in the talent of Ant and Cat to be able to do that. And then if we, you know you just just have Jaden and Nas and Kyle, then I'd be like, oh, that that should be that should be enough to win. Mm-hmm. But I think you're probably going to need a third and fourth piece to also contribute on top of Cat and Ant. Given just like you said, we're back in Denver. Denver's the best team in the West. Like they they're going to need to have, um, they're going to need to get more than I think big games from from Cat and Ant to do it. And maybe that's Mike and Rudy. It's Mike and Rudy doing their thing, yeah. I don't. We're, we're running low. <laughs> Mike, 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 you know, Mike recognizes when I think they need him to score more, and so I, I would expect him to be to try to be that third, that third option, or at least in trying to get Rudy involved, like recognizing that hey, we we need we need something here. Yeah. Um, with Carl, I mean, as as we've seen too, some of this is self inflicted. You know some of these struggles, the the foul trouble, the the you know I thought he I actually thought in the first three games he did a, a fairly good job of keep despite the struggles keeping his emotions in check. Game yeah. four, it started to revert back to old Carl a little bit. Even that first foul, remember that first right. foul where he, he like stiff armed Jokic he and he was, thought it wasn't. He had the yeah. The, what's the word I want for the look on his face like in disbelief yeah. that a foul either was or wasn't called and we hadn't I hadn't really seen that look too much in the first three games but it was back right. in game four yeah um, his exasperation yeah promote, like some people are like what are you talking about I've seen an exasperated cat throughout the series it's been about the turnovers right more yeah, so than right. than the fouls until game four yeah he yeah. and you know when he, and he fouled out like I mean not to excuse that behavior from Carl that's one of his you know, biggest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is an elimination game and you're in foul trouble and you're like, what the hell? Like, I just want to be out here. You know, like I want to be able to play the duration uh, of the game. I, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one. Like just mentally, like, can this team be mentally dialed in? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the answer is yes. And the answer is no throughout the, the, the pattern of the season is we don't, we don't really know, but, I think getting like like you said before, like hitting a couple of those shots at the beginning for Carl, getting that rhythm, 
it just then it seems like the stray voltage. If is, he is doesn't get in a rhythm early, he's he it's he's probably gonna get out of one. Get out of one, and it's probably gonna be a long night for him if he doesn't get off to a good. He needs to get off to a good start. If he doesn't get off to a good start, the everything the the embellishments, the histrionics, all of it is mm-hmm. is in, is on the table to take him out of the game. And it's like. Man, what was the lasting imagery of the end of the Memphis series? D'Lo on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. Needing to be benched in that game. And, you know, for Carl's sake, or maybe even for our sake, so things don't go totally crazy uh, in the offseason, it'd be really big for the organization, even if they did lose this game, if Carl played a game tonight in which he didn't have some of those dark marks mm-hmm. on, on his game really, you know, really show up, like be under control, let Ant do his thing, selflessly spaced to the corner, went to, you know, to get the pick and roll going. Cause that has actually really benefited this team, I think. And then fight for a position, do work. And particularly whenever they don't have Aaron Gordon on you mm-hmm. score, which he did, he did do that in game. He four. did. He did. And now that's the kind of ties into that whole non-Jokic minutes type thing. And it was like, finally, okay, they're scoring in the non-Jokic minutes. Um, But they were allowing them to score too. He's got a guard. He's also got a guard um, when Rudy's out. Let's grab grab one more break and then touch on a few other things um, from from this, I guess, preview uh, of Game 5. Back with Chris here in a second. Today's show is sponsored by Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. It's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use promo code Dane Moore for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 20,000. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chris. Uh, I think a final thing uh, to talk about. I mean, I know we wrote, talked about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Nikhil alexander Walker, uh, <laughs> a lot uh, after after game four, but going back and watching it, ev- honestly, every game when I've gone back to to rewatch it, I am just find myself glued to watching Nikhil Alexander Walker play defense in a kind of like jujitsu stance against Jamal Murray, <laughs> like, arms up, like you know, putting it. It, yeah. it is it is it is just something, and I'm like. Man, if I was Jamal Murray, this would suck. This, you know? this would annoy the hell out of me. Yes. If, man. if I had Nikhil playing defense the way he does against me, I would be so annoyed. I'm like, this dude can't be serious, right? Like, <laughs> and, and he's dead serious. He's, he's dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I was reading uh Harrison wins uh one of one of his columns after after game four, and he 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 top, tapped into from the Denver perspective too of like Keel Alexander Walker's kind of been a problem for Denver uh, in in this series, and you know, obviously Jamal Murray has that one forty point game. It was the game where Torian Prince starts and and was was guarding uh, Murray to start that game. But for the most part, this this was the stat Harrison had in his in his column was Murray is shooting six has shot six for twenty seven in this series, and has turned the ball over five times when guarded by Nikhil Alexander Walker, oh. and you know. Murray's arguably been the best player in the series. I mean, maybe outside of Ant, the best right. Denver player, uh, even even more so uh, than than Jokic has been. I mean, we and so kind of from our perspective, when a player is you know traded for middle of the season, you know, or in the middle of the run of the year, and you don't really have the time to to sort of dig into that player or even really think about him that much because there's another game the next night or whatever. Um, I think we've gotten to the point where we've we kind of know Nikhil's game. We've got to know him a little bit as a as a person. Uh, just just being around, uh, being around him now for for the past few months. What stood out to you uh, about Nikhil as as a player, but also just as a person now, being around him all the time? I think when it comes to defense, he doesn't let the result phase him. Love that, and I think that is so important to being a good defensive player in the NBA. He, even after game two, when Murray went off, I was kind of chit-chatting with him in the locker room. And 
he still was very determined and like was still like we make him work i don't think i don't think this you know necessarily going to happen again and that's kind of something that the team repeated we keep making jamal murray work like that he had a great night in game two but we keep doing this we, th- we yeah, think Rudy really, we think we Rudy really hit down. that. He was yeah, like, "I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that." Like, yeah, and that was after yeah. the big Jamal game. <laughs> right. Like, Those, and they have been. I mean, and I th- tough shots that Murray's made throughout this Nikhil series. Nikhil just, he's, you know, you'll see him and he's reading, you know, different books at his locker. You know, kind yeah. of philosophical books, self help. Maybe not self help is the wrong word, but kind of philosophical. Philosophical, books. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff like that. He, he was wearing a chess very, hat the other very day. Interest, he's very introspective. He's very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, takes a very cerebral approach to the game. Um, Does not seem like a 24-year-old. Tries hard as hell. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, is very demanding of himself. And he admits to a fault sometimes. Maybe a little too demanding of himself. Seems like he's kind of let go of some but, of that. Like the first mm-hmm. month, or even when he was shooting awesome, it was just like, Man, he looks like he's just like on the floor going through it, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just the, you know, the anxiety, I guess, of, of playing, which is understandable again, being a first round pick and, you know, being on your third team and in, in four years, like there's a human anxiety that that comes to that. And I think that is he's still an erratic player, but more like in a good way, I, I feel like over this this last month, particularly last two, three weeks since Jaden went down. um like a healthy frenetic energy that seems to tap into you know high level high level defense i think i think so i i am also surprised with how aggressively he plays defense that he doesn't foul more Mm. um the jujitsu stance right he's he seems to if you watch him during the games he seems to do a good job of communicating with the officials what he's trying to accomplish and like I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm not trying to foul, but I want to make sure. I want to figure out where the line is, sure. you know, between fouling and not fouling. I think he he does a good job of that. When he does commit a foul, he doesn't get overly frustrated. He he will talk to the officials, talk it through, not in a mm-hmm. overly angry kind of way, but seems to want to learn from it so that next time he doesn't commit the foul. I've been I've been very impressed. I I always. This is gonna make make it seem like I'm trying to pump up my own talent valuation. When I watched Utah play the last couple of years, I always, when he got some run, I was like, he always did one or two things sure. in a game where it was like, who's this guy again? Like, mm-hmm. like, like he's out here making some making some plays. Yeah, um, he always even kinda, offensively, he always, too. right? He always yeah. kind of caught my eye in in person. Not to you know when I when I, when I would see him play the the Wolves. Um, so when he came over, I was always like, he's interesting. He's always been interesting to me. Like, I think he's got a little something here. If he can just find a role and, and figure it out and Jaden come and follow. You know, well, that's what I was going to say, man. It's like going out was per- the perfect time for him to really step up. But what if like, you know, for ne- if they again, Nikhil is a restricted free agent, which does means he could be back. He could not be back. Um but I, I wonder how many minutes he even shared the floor with Jaden this year. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, and and I think that would, you know, we were kind of talking about J-Mac and Jalen Noel earlier and their very up and down nature 
uh, of the season and particularly playing the backup point guard position. Mm-hmm. I actually asked Finch about this like before the the last game and I'm like, man, you've had so many different iterations of point guard this year, right? Like D'Lo and J-Mac at the beginning of the year and then you kind of like shift D'Lo off ball and Ant's kind of like a point guard. And so your point guards are kind of like Ant D'Lo. Uh, D'Lo's gone and then it's like, Mike comes back as the point guard, point guard, and it's then it's kind of like Mike J Mac's back at that point, and now your point guards are Mike and J Mac, and and now for the play in playoffs, it's been Mike and Nikhil. Those are like was that five like five very different iterations of the starter and backup point guard uh, dynamic, and I think I mean, and I I said this on here you know a month ago, I was like I'm okay if Nikhil Alexander Walker doesn't come back. And and he has done everything possible to hurt you. And and I like I I like the guy. I was just like you know, I was thinking about him more as like a two three mm-hmm. type of player. We hadn't seen the awesome defense, and I really wasn't a believer uh, in in the jump shot. So I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's a need need on this team. But if he could be actually like the backup point guard next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, or maybe split it with Jay Mack, who's, like you said, under contract. I kind of like that. Like, I yeah. think even outside of this one s- series and what McKeel has done, I think he he fits um, the roster construction. And then also sort of like what I often call like the second window, the the guys in their early 20s, the Nas's, the yeah. Jadens, the, of course, Ant, like like some of those players. It's a. Bringing him back is a way to build up the stable of of that uh, second window of the the younger well, I th- uh, group. I, think, of this I team. think too, you just you know with the cap situation and and being a team that's over the cap under the tax right now, mm-hmm. you're going to need to re-sign guys that you have here that you can re-sign without using any of your exceptions. I remember you and, when we were in Brooklyn, you were like. I, I we were sitting there. I'm like, hey, I'm not an Akil guy, mm-hmm. and you were like, this team is going to need like five, six million dollar players, right. and this is one that you can get without using an exception. I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah, that's. Yeah. I think you were right. Yeah, I I think I think you need to resign him in that in that way. Yeah, you need to find a way to bring him back because you need to fill out this roster without, you know, with while having your exceptions available for other people, right? Um, that you want to bring in, um. So I think, and, and just me personally too, anybody who tries hard and plays well on defense, yeah. I think should find a way on an NBA roster. That's Particularly guy, this one. That's a guy, that's a, you know, it, yeah. it's one reason why it's maybe unfortunate that Josh Okogi isn't, isn't in Minnesota anytime longer. Because that was a guy kind of some, like mm-hmm. tried hard, gave a crap on defense. I feel like you can find a spot at the end of the bench for somebody like that. Yeah, and while I don't so love I, Nikhil's jumper, I like it more than Josh's. I I do too. Um, and I I looked at his, I looked at his career shooting numbers. It's and really good. They're better than you think. Like I I I see him shoot, and I see, you know, I see the form, and like sometimes his his feet are not properly aligned, or the 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 wrist goes off to the side when he shoots, and I'm like, that does not look like a traditionally good jump shot but then you look at how he shot in his career mm-hmm. and it's nowhere near as bad as you think yeah. like when you if you were to just watch him shoot um what's he what's he, you got the numbers there in front of you what's yeah. he career well, here so regular season with the wolves 36 percent, 40 percent with utah mm-hmm. uh 
40% with Utah before he came to Minnesota this year. Yeah. Overall, last season between the Pelicans and Utah, 38%. Mm-hmm. And then and then he struggled before that, you know, in, in his, his career. that The year before that, it was uh, 31% or, yeah. 34%, 34%. So, but, but even that it's like, you know, 34% and he takes a couple too many, like off the bounce and stuff and whatever. Yeah. It's always stood out when we've asked uh Finch about him and about him as a shooter, he goes, he is a very good spot shot shooter, which is like feet set, catch and shoot. When Nikhil starts moving that, right. That's when it becomes more of a problem. You, we, I think you've, you've kind of talked about him being like, kind of like discount Jaden, right? Mm-hmm. And I think back to something that we used to talk about with Jaden that we don't anymore because Jaden's kind of really Found improved it, yeah. his offensive game. But one thing that we used to talk about with Jaden, and Jaden even would talk about it, and Finch would talk about it, it's like everything has to, had to be right at a certain point in Jaden's career for him to knock down a three-point shot. And I feel <laughs> I feel that way with Nikhil right now. It's like yeah. the circumstance has to be kind of perfect for him to get to a get to a spot where he can line it up mm-hmm. and, and shoot it uh, and make it. I feel like there's still like, as were those two corner threes in, were, in overtime. It's a spot shot spot open shot, in the corner, open in rhythm, in the rhythm of the offense. He set and he puts it up when, mm-hmm. when it, when it's when the right, when he's so when it's coming off a of movement, it's a little different. Well, it, it, it makes sense. He has funky mechanics, right? That is, that is a fact. Any coach Finch would tell you that, you know, um, and, and when you have, like, they call it like a, a multiple mechanic shot to get it off. It's not like one flow, which is basically a way of saying you have a hitch. Right. Um, when, when you do that and when he has to realign his feet and he has to, and the second part of his motion is that funky up top part with his elbows, hmm. um, that you can control if your feet are set. As soon as you start moving the likelihood that one of those two levers you know, is, is off obviously goes, goes up and, you know, actually I'm just going to go look at his, just what his catch and shoot numbers are, um, for, for his career at, you know, after we record this, but, um, yeah. And, and, and it's okay if you're just a spot shot guy like this, this team doesn't really need Nikhil Alexander Walker to be crossing up Aaron Gordon and Anthony Edwards style and taking step back threes. Like that's fine. You, you, you know, you don't, you don't need that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's as much as we, we were talking about earlier, like the value of the playoffs and how it's great that Ant is getting that experience. And it's a bummer that Nas and Jaden isn't. This is bullet point number two for a good thing to come out of this playoff series for the Timberwolves is Nikhil. It Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he has gone from, oh, maybe they'll re-sign him. Like you said, you weren't on board with it a few weeks ago. Now it's like, yeah, they got I'm like, all right, maybe seven a year. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Got to bring them back. Yeah. I, I have back. no idea what that contract stuff will look like, but we are in that window still where the the spending isn't punitive. Right. Um, I mean, there's the long term, obviously, with Ant and Katz and Jaden's contracts coming where you have to worry about some of that. But, you know, for now, I, I don't I don't see teams knocking down the or right. to come and try and pry a restricted Nikhil Alexander Walker from the Timberwolves. You you wouldn't you I wouldn't don't think see, you're right, but you never know, right? But it is it did happen in the playoffs. Yeah, right. like he is boosting his value in the playoffs, which is significant. But I I, I just I remember like every every off season, every trade deadline, I would ask around to people I know, like 
what do you think Nas Reed's value is? Right. And and it was always just like shockingly low to me mm-hmm. in terms of what he could be traded for or not anymore. Not not anymore. But, yeah. but but it's like I believe that the like the trappings of Nas's talent you saw for a month at a time or a couple of weeks at a time throughout the first three years of his career mm-hmm. that made you believe that this was possible. And though it never happened in the playoffs or in meaningful game, that that was the answer. He goes, he's doing it on the Tim. Nas is doing that on the Timberwolves, right. and they're twenty two and forty. You know, and I'm like, okay, fair. But I was like, I still think I see talent here, mm-hmm. and and that might be the difference with Nikhil is everyone's watching now. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I know this game's on NBA TV, but <laughs> <laughs> well, they they also saw the playing game yes. probably, and they yes. saw the they saw him guard Shea, he, and know, he's been throw that game in there as well. I, yeah. I thought the Lakers game was good too. He didn't have, really have like the, yeah. the Shea or uh, Jamal Murray matchup, but I just loved Nikhil like mm-hmm. playing defense, sprinting to the corner on offense. Like really, why I believe in him so much more is I feel like he has let go of some of the audacious stuff from early on in his career where he was like a 20 plus point scorer in college. And it's just like, Nope, doing the role now. Yeah. And, and that has shown up in the two play in games and the four playoff games that we've seen thus far. And to me, yeah, that's enough to, to change my opinion on him. I I have, I just, I I have, I'll be interested to uh, see what it does tonight, but Chris, we got to, uh, we got to go to shoot around and not talk to Chris Finch. Good reminder there, (laughs) Uh, but uh, appreciate you coming over and uh, doing this and, you know, maybe we're we're deliberating doing a late night pod uh, after this game based I, on what I, I will. I'll just see. I, I did that once on the Blackhawks beat. Uh, I told you guys this before, but for the listeners out there, when I when I covered the Blackhawks, they got swept in the playoffs one one year, 2017. And one of the beat writers, Scott Powers, did a podcast. He was like the only one doing a podcast at the time. But he basically we all we all wrote our stories we all were done by, I don't know, midnight or so. And we found a room in the arena and he put the microphone in the middle of the table and there were like eight of us. Yeah. And we just let it out for over an hour. And I want to recreate that. With, I, I brought four uh, microphones. Beat. <laughs> we got, Brit, Brit isn't here. Brit, you know, yeah. Brit's still recovering. Um, but um, hope, well, you know, hopefully we'll be Years able to Years later, people were still tweeting at me how much they love that podcast. Okay. Like well, you, you, Jace was like, make sure you bring four microphones. All right. All right. I got, I, I brought four microphones. So we'll, so. See. we'll see if we can do a... Whether it's from Ball Arena or like Terminal 2 <laughs> uh, at the, the Denver Airport. Subway at Terminal 2 <laughs> at the Denver Airport. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll uh, meet me, John, Jace. Uh, and Chris will uh, record something after game five tonight. Maybe win or lose. Maybe we'll be able to do it. We, we all have a 6 a.m. flight tomorrow morning. So we'll uh, hopefully have that for you after the game. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, in game five. Uh, until then, he's Chris. Follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hine. I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Maybe talk to you tonight. Until then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah